Coming up next on the Jeff Crilly Show, you'll meet a man who's been very successful in the distribution fabrication industry, and now he's sharing his wisdom with the next generation of entrepreneurs. His incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, this is a television network, so the studio lights are always very bright. But I was walking down the hallway the other day, and the lights were just radiant. And I realized it was because of the guest who was walking down the hall, Wayne Gono. <laughs> a million-dollar smile. Oh, Thank you gosh. for coming on the show. You betcha. My, my, after hearing that, well, definitely my pleasure. Well, I always get compliments on my smile. I'm just a, uh, you know, a smiling fool. I love to do it. And when I, when I meet a, a fellow smiler, it took about a nanosecond for us to like each other, didn't yes, we? Yes, it did. Yeah, Less than that, I think. Well, thank you. And, you're, and you're, your smile comes from your heart. So we're going to talk about um, your entrepreneurial journey in a second. But I want to give you a chance to talk about why are you so happy? Yeah, that's really easy. Every morning I have this time with uh, Jesus. And he just fills me with so much joy in my study as I get into his word, as I understand his character and me wanting to be an image of him in my world. It's just as easy to take that joy out. So I start my day there and that just carries me all the way through till my head hits the pillow in the evening. And then the next day I do it all over again. That's pretty much wow. how. <laughs> I, I know I love that and it shows. And, and oh, I, 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 uh, we hadn't have had a chance to talk about your faith, but something just told me that uh, you're radiating the spirit all, well, all, all 24-7. Well, thanks for noticing that. Absolutely. So uh, Wayne has been very successful in his career and now he's giving back through Biz Owners Ed. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But there was a, a wonderful piece done about your company a decade ago. Yes, sir. And so some things have obviously changed and grown since then. But it was a beautiful overview piece, so let's go ahead and roll that now. This table, that picture, this light, these decorations, all made out of plastic by this company, Regal Plastics. This ribbon cutting marks the grand opening of Regal Plastics' new corporate headquarters here in Irving. Like many business people in the area, I tagged along to see what they have to offer customers and the city of Irving. Well, we're a plastic sheet rod and tube distributor, and then we do a lot of manufacturing out of the plastic sheet rod and tube. And that's where the business gets really exciting because you get to take just plain old flat sheets and you get to turn it into cool stuff like this. Plastic is extremely diversified. There's not an industry that doesn't use it. Owner Wayne Gono says the company has the chance to work with every type of business doing a wide variety of handcrafted projects. Everything we do here is by hand. We don't have, it's like a, I call it a wood shop for plastic. The difference is you can't, if you screw up, you can't stain it, fill it, 
and redo it, you'd have to trash it and throw it away. So if they took this piece right here, they would have to re completely redo it if they messed it up. So you get one shot. And our craftsmen are just unbelievable because they've been doing it for so many years, they're just good at what they do. One of the biggest differences in the move from Dallas to Irving is the quality of the work environment. I can assure you, just from the people that walk in that door, I mean, they'll walk in right there, no one coming from our old place, they'll walk in and they'll stop on that mat and they're like, whoa. I mean, they're just shocked, absolutely shocked at how, at how cool all this looks. Regal Plastics is a family-owned company. They make everything from plaques and display cases to greenhouses and furniture. They say their grand opening here in Irving is more than just a new location for their business. It's a new home. This was our dream area. The uh, Freeport Lost Clean areas where Patsy and I, that's my wife, where we wanted to move the business to. Being close to the airport and just this whole area is just so nice. We love the neighborhood. It is, I mean, a lot of our employees, including myself, we get out and we'll walk um, at lunchtime. The area is just so nice. We feel so safe. Wayne and Patricia say that Irving picked them just as much as they picked Irving. Well, as soon as we found it and purchased it, the city of Irving and the chamber was unbelievable. Uh, we've, got, we've got buildings and businesses in five cities. Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth. No city or chamber has been like the Irving city and chamber had been. I mean, they were progressive. They were, they were engaged with me immediately. For the Gonos, Regal Plastics is a family affair. Wayne and Patricia have worked at the company together for 35 years. We were high school sweethearts, and so um, we've been together for a long time. And um, so we've kind of grown up together, and we've been in business for so long together, it just seems really natural. Patricia's father, Don Walker, started the business in 1970. It became a legacy for his family as he turned it over to Wayne and Patricia in 1996. We were the last of the legacy because our children were no more interested in this business to the man in the moon until this year. So now that the legacy goes to a third generation. It's really neat to see the third generation here coming up and um, just um, a lot of hope for the future. When asked how they felt about the grand opening, the Gonos couldn't help but think of the man that started it all. Oh, proud. I, the only tough part I think about celebrating is I wish Dad was still here to be able to see this because he would just be just totally ecstatic. A real sense of um, appreciation for the people that work for us and um, a real sense of also appreciation for my dad that started, started the business. The Gonos add not only their business to the city but also their rich family legacy, neither of which will be leaving the area anytime soon. I w I'm, this has been the best choice, best thing we've done in the 43 year history of our company, I think. I can't wait for it to just be 10 years from now when we've grown into into another building. And it'll, it'll happen in Irving. <laughs> I'm not moving out of Irving. Wow. Well, the first thing I want to uh, call your attention to, um, Wayne got emotional watching that. It's not something like you watch this all the time. You haven't seen that in probably a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's weird that, that I get emotional watching that. What? Thinking about dad and all that. Yeah. Way to go, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so, give me my, give me my. Oh, <laughs> I should have brought some cleaner. <laughs> so, um, oh, one, I wanted, I wanted you to give us an update in the last 10 years. Obviously, you've grown. Uh, you've now passed the torch on to your son and daughter. Yes. Uh, speak about that, please. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's a much longer story than I've got time to tell here. But 
they uh, they came into the business I think in about 2011 or two. Let me look at my notes here. Yeah, Amy came into the business in 12, and Chad came into the business in 2013, and they have totally revolutionized who we are as a company. It's just been fascinating to Patsy and I to sit back because we're on the board now. I have nothing to do with the day to day, so I don't I don't even have an office. In 2020, my daughter calls me up and says, Dad. Uh, by the end of this month, we need you out of your office because we need the space. I'm like, okay, now I don't, man, I don't, I don't have an office and I don't have day-to-day -day responsibilities. What am I going to do? Uh, Patsy still goes in every day. I think she she likes going in, but she more does our, oh, she does our, our commercial properties. She doesn't manage them, but she does the books for them, and that that's a full-time job in itself. But I think the biggest thing she likes going to office, she pretty much gets to have lunch with her daughter, Amy, every day. <laughs> well, you have to be so tremendously proud that your children have kind of taken your vision and built on it. Yes, they, they, the two of them have built teams and have done things with the company in the last four or five years that Patsy and I really didn't have the ability to do. We weren't social media experts. We're just, we just couldn't have done what they did. Yes. There's no way. So they just really took it to a whole nother level that I think was impossible for us to do. Well, and you were telling me before the show that it's extremely rare for the second generation, and it's even tougher for the third generation uh, to be successful. Uh, Speak yes. about that. Well, in, I, I have talked to, to audiences and other companies about generational businesses, but I'm no expert. But from first to second, it's less, less than 30% will make it from first to second generation. Less than 12 will go from second to third, and less than five will make it third to fourth generation. So what we're experiencing and what you're experiencing now in your own company is rare. But it doesn't happen in our country. Now, Europe's totally different. You, you'll see 15, 16, 17 generations of businesses in Europe that build. But in America, it just doesn't happen. They get destroyed for all kinds of different reasons or sold. Yes. I want to uh, pull up a uh, page off of uh, Wayne's website, which shows some of the, kind, the kinds of uh, fabrication work that they do. And one of the things I want you to talk about is excellence. You kind of mentioned it in that piece that you really can't mess up. You got to destroy the, right. the product if you mess up. Uh, where does this excellence gene come from? You know, I'd love to say, well, it's, it's really training. Because a lot of our fabricators, well, today haven't, it's, because so many has shifted because I'm a baby boomer. Our, our company now is more full of millennials all the way down to Gen Z's. Mm -hmm. So it's completely different. The, our staffing today is totally different than because of generations. It's just everything, oh, it's, boy, is it different. But do your employees see themselves as, as craftsmen, yeah, right? The, the ones that do the fabricating, yes, sir. Because we have a separate company called Clear Modern, and we just do high-end furniture that pulls through architects, designers, and we do, so we create whatever our customer wants now. So we don't have anything on a shelf, we just create things. They bring us a design and we make it. And it's, that business just launched, I think the first, uh, first of this year, and it's done tremendous just yeah. in this first year. And you have employees that have been with you for, for decades, don't you? Well, not as many as we used to because all the baby boomers have retired. Yes. And now our, our children have brought on a whole completely new staff of millennials to disease. Wow. And quite frankly, as much as I love baby boomers because I are one, <laughs> it's, it's so exciting to be around the younger workforce that are really driven and really good at what they do. And they have, they have helped change the culture of our company. 
mm. just by the, just by their youth and the fact that my daughter and son are so great at leading this team. And they, they just put together some remarkable young people. Most of them, God, top leadership probably aren't around 30. And it's 120 people wow. that work with us now. That's amazing. It, yeah, it is. They're just they're just fun. So Wayne mentioned company culture, uh, and I think sometimes somebody's Facebook page tells volumes about their their culture. So let's pull up the uh, the Facebook photo album from the company, and as you scroll down there, I notice that it's not just Wayne with the big smile. <laughs> you you have attracted a very positive group of people, haven't you? Yes, yeah, we have. Definitely, it's, it, lots of them. Now that's that's from 10 years ago. So a lot of those people you see in those pictures, Jeff, were the baby boomers. Yes. That uh, there may be maybe three or four left, not counting us, that stuck around when we uh, when we transferred into leadership from uh, second to third. And so most everybody today is way younger than what's in those pictures yeah. there. So I'm looking at these pictures like, whoa, man. Uh, yeah, it's a, a completely different culture, completely different sink, and everything's but, different about our company. Okay, today. so let's talk about how you keep great company culture. What is it that your son and daughter are doing to manifest um, a, a positive place to go? Culture, in uh, in my mind, just sitting back and watching what they're doing, it's a matter of the heart. You can't Culture can't be a, just a sign up on the board that says, well, this is our culture. You have to live it, breathe it, and you have, you have to, it has to be so ingrained in you as, as the leadership that it just oozes into everybody else. And they pretty much, that's what they've done. They have created a culture that everybody buys into and you have to, it's not about performance. It's all about the heart of the people we hire. Yes. My, my son says, we don't, we don't hire a resume. We hire attitude and heart, that's it. And I just find that fascinating because you, you know, you always get resumes, you pour over these resumes and you'd look at that, oh, well, okay, let's interview him. No, now it's all about, it's just about attitude. It's, it's, yeah, I, if we had forever to talk, I could go way deep in, in how, how it's turned around like this. But it is so fun to see it from the outside looking in. Very, yes. Very fun. Well, something that Wayne is very passionate about is giving back to the next generation. And so we're going to pull up Biz Owners Ed website so we can uh, bridge this into this part of your life. And this has to be one of the most satisfying parts of your life. Very is, much so. Is that you can take all your wisdom from decades of of entrepreneurship and pass that along. Tell us about Biz Owners Ed. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was in a conference last week and I heard Joe Theismann speak and he asked everybody in the audience to try and figure out what is your definition of success? So we did that for a few seconds and he said his, his idea of, of success is when you reach the point where all you're doing is giving back. And I've been preaching giving back, it's what we should do for the longest time because it's just, it's just so important. You've reached a point to where you say, you know what, I, I, I'm here. Now I want to help others get to where we are. And it's just more fun. I found more fun pouring into other businesses and helping them get control of what they're doing and helping it grow than it was doing our own company. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's invigorating to sit down with young entrepreneurs or even middle-aged ones and just, we're not giving advice. Biz Owners Ed is not an advice. We're not, we're mentors that just give life experiences in the business world. And we can take that in the spiritual world and in the financial world and even in the physical world. But the biggest picture is the entrepreneur business world. And you've been on the board for several years now. And I asked yes. Wayne just before the show, I said, okay, what's your favorite success story? And he smiled and he says, it would have to be my son. Yes. And uh, he was in the third, this is an 11-year-old foundation. 
and he was in the, third, I think the second class that was going on, and it is a 10-week class that we do one time a year. We handpick, through applications that are done online, we handpick 12 students that will qualify to get a seat in, in the class of 12. Now, we may have, in the two years I've been involved, we've had 200 people in the gallery hearing the same speakers. A lot of them will fly in to speak and then fly out. And they fly in on their private jets wow. and then fly back. But the, all of the board members and all the mentors and all the speakers, there's probably 40 of us all together. I think there's, there's seven on the board, and then the rest of them are entrepreneurs from pretty much locally but from around the country that have been very, very successful in every kind of field you can imagine. And every one of us so enjoy giving back to the entrepreneur world. And it's just, it's... So was it night and day, you know, watching your son grow from before uh, Biz Owners Ed to after? Absolutely. Yeah, because he, he, there are two big things that he brought out of Biz Owners Ed that brought to us, because he, he went through this, uh, I, think, I think it was in 12, and he came out of it with two things that were instrumental in changing our company that he brought to Patsy and I at that time. Is, well, we were still involved in the company at that time, but he brought us Culture Index, which is... Oh, Jim Collins is, you know, getting the right people, people on the right seats on the bus. Uh, so that started it. And once that started it, that's when everything switched with the baby boomers really not liking where we were going. I mean, they, it was a different culture. They, they felt that coming. And I got that. A lot of them even asked me, are you really going to let your children do this? Yeah, we're really going to because you can't just give them the authority without their, you can't give them the responsibility without the authority. Yes. So we're giving them both. So Culture Index was the very first thing we did, and then EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating Systems, a Gina Wickman oh, institution, if you will, came in and just totally restructured everything that we do in a company. You're taking, basically you're just taking business back to the basics, yes. which we were okay, but Chad was like, you know, being okay and being good is not really wonderful. Let's be great, and let's try to take that great to majestic. And that's what they've done. Well, and I applaud you um, for listening because there are many, you know, um, many, many uh, CEOs who yes. could send their son off to take a course and say, yeah, yeah, that's all fine and good, but, but uh, we're not doing that. Oh, so, I, but you're open-minded and you, you just instantly embraced what your son was saying? Well, Patsy and I realized that the smartest thing, because this is the only credit we can take for our success today, is we were wise enough to get out of the new incoming young leaders way, step aside. Because if we kept our fingers in it and we kept control and we kept the authority with them having the responsibility, it was gonna go nowhere. Because that's what we saw from first to second. Wow. And it just, it, it was just, it was gonna crater. So we knew, and that, that's really the only thing we can take credit for, is the fact we had the wisdom to step aside and let these young bucks I just let them run. Yes. And they just, both of them have just taken off and they're both wired my son is wired just like me. Uh, Patsy says that my son is me on steroids. And if you can imagine that, well, he's six, seven. So he's a big kid, he's got a big personality. And my daughter is wired just like her mother with finance and numbers and she gets all of that. So it was a natural fit once they both decided to join us. And that's a whole nother story is how we got to that point because we didn't see that coming. When they came to us, we had no exit strategy. No kidding. No, we had none, and that is very dangerous, which I find in most entrepreneurs' worlds, the, whether it's a founder or even the second-generation leader, they don't begin with the end in mind. Yes. We hadn't begun with the end in mind, 
And that's something I learned through Biz Owners Ed. And you should always do that in business. Start your company, or even if you're in the midst of it with generational transfer of leadership, start it with the end in mind. We had none. So our children coming into the business, it was a dream we never dreamt and a prayer we never prayed. And they just showed up. <laughs> this story, it, it's such a God story. When you, if you had time to hear it, it's, it's amazing how it came to pass. Well, I, I have time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my show with the time. Okay. And so I, I, I well, it's a, okay. My, uh, we had two rules as they were growing up. Now, our family split from first to second generation the transfer of leadership. It got it was ugly. It was there was nothing nothing fun about it. There were lawsuits. It was because a lot of the a lot of the leadership transfer was assumed, which is a Big, big mistake. Now, these are these are my words and my perspective. Yeah. I think if you were to, everybody sits in it, they could have different perspectives. But mine was it was just all assumed. There was nothing planned. There, it just well, that's who's going to take over. Well, that's not how it happened, and it just got really, really ugly, Jeff. So our children, they've never told me this, but I really feel like they weren't interested in the business because they lived through eight years of hell mm -hmm. for us. They saw what it did to their grandparents. They saw what it did to us. And I just don't think they really liked the idea of being in a family business, quite frankly. So we had two rules. We wanted them to try college. Patsy and I, I, I couldn't stand education. Today, I appreciate it, but I just, I was a horrible student. She drugged me through high school. She helped me graduate, and then she made me go to college. <laughs> I went from one, one semester to junior college here in Dallas, and I just went, I said, I can't do this, and I, I do not like this, so I forgot I could sell stuff, and that's how I made a living. So we wanted to go to college, and then after college, whether they graduated or not, we wanted them to try, go chase your own passion, whatever that passion is, and we want you to do that for at least three years, and they both did that. My son did something for seven years, took a, took a startup with three fraternity brothers, and gosh, they were doing this right out of college. And I think he took about, they took it in seven years to about $30 million with 10 locations. Wow. Yeah. And then one day he calls us up and says, you know, I, I want to meet you in Dallas. Uh, my, he was in Oklahoma City where they opened a couple stores. And he, my son never uses the word, I need to meet with you and mom. He said, he wants to hang out. He wants to come chill. Yeah. So he said, I want to, I want to meet with you, mom. And I was concerned because he'd just been married a couple of years. But when he met with us, he said, I want to cash out of this company and I want to come back to Dallas. Uh, have you got something in the company that, uh, that I can do? <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, my job. And you can probably do it a whole lot better than, than I could ever dream of doing. So he left that meeting. He said, I'm going to take, it'd be about 90 days before I can get everything cleared up. You can't tell Amy, that's his sister because Amy's sister is a fraternity brother of all four of these guys. So we kept it quiet. We didn't say a word to anybody. I knew our team would be really wanted to hear this, but we kept it really, really quiet, Jeff, because he asked us to. Well, maybe as nine or so days later, our daughter comes to our house, and she says, well, Stephen, that's her husband, has taken a job at, with Deloitte in Houston. He's going to get his MBA at the University of, and we're going to be moving to Houston. I don't want Houston. She was a school teacher for four years. So she lived up to that deal. And she said, I'm going to be moving back to that. I'm going to be moving to Houston. Do you guys have anything in the company that I can do? We had an office there. We were like, that evening we wept because that was an exit strategy we did not see coming. So they came in. We came up with, you know, kind of an unwritten plan, but an understanding of what we were going to do and how long it was going to take for them to get there. So they both, Patsy started training uh, my daughter in the finance end. 
And I, Chad kind of, he really kind of did it on his own, more or less. He went to every office. He worked in every department, just did everything he could possibly do before he came back and he said, okay, after Biz Owner's Ed, he became ready to take over the seat. And they both have just worked so well together, which that's rare. And I think because they're gifted differently, like my wife and I, people will say, oh, guys, you've worked with your wife for 43 years. Isn't that like the perfect storm for a divorce? That can be, but we have this Jesus thing going on. So that helped us through that. But the... Just, we just work together primarily because she's gifted in one way. I'm gifted in another way. And we just didn't, I mean, we made big decisions together, but we didn't, I didn't play in her, in her sandbox and she didn't play in my sandbox. Mm. Okay. So we only have a couple minutes left, okay. Wayne. We, I really, we really should have allowed an hour for this. <laughs> well, so, I'm telling so. you, I could, you get me going with this and I could go crazy. Okay. So in the final couple minutes, what words of wisdom do you want to give to the young entrepreneur who's watching this? Well, as I said just uh, just a moment ago, when you if you're just doing a startup, first begin with the end in mind. Don't discount that fact because that is so important to begin with the end in mind, and work on your culture from the beginning, because uh, culture is easier to create in a brand new company than it is to create a culture in one at the time a 43 year old company. It's tough to shift cultures in that environment really really hard so those would be two things i would say begin with the end in mind and take culture very very seriously because that's what will drive your company to success i believe outstanding what an amazing guest we're gonna have to have you back <laughs> anytime we're, 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 we're gonna end with both websites we're gonna start with regal-plastics.com for his uh, for-profit business and then the nonprofit again is bizownersed.org Thanks for coming on the show. You bet. Good to be here. You Thank bet. you. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.